Hi friends, I'm Adrian File. And I'm John File. And welcome to the Love the Process podcast. We've been married 12 years, 11 good ones, and have four awesome kids. My career has centered around process improvement and leadership development. And I've been an entrepreneur since I was five, and I'm currently an owner and CEO of an insurance company and real estate team. We are working to become better versions of ourselves every day, and we invite you to join us as we share our journey and the lessons we have learned in life, business, and figuring out how to love the process to becoming great. Let's go. Woohoo! Hi, friends. We have our friend Tyler here with us today. Hey, what's up? Hey, Tyler. <laughs> hey, Tyler. It's good to be here. So Tyler's going to do a little Q&A with us around marriage. Marriage, marriage. A lot of people have asked, uh, you know, we love, a lot of people have said they love uh, hearing both perspectives. Uh, those who, who know us personally and those who, who may know of us um, and, and kind of what we believe in and, and uh, the things we're passionate about. Uh, and those who have kind of joined our community in this love the process journey. And a lot of folks have continued to ask to hear more about how we got to this point and uh, the ups, downs, all arounds and, and the tough times and the good times and uh, how we um, have, have navigated marriage. Um, and so we're excited and we felt like the, the, nobody better than, than one and only Tyler Hansen to give us um, some, some questions and, and we have no idea what he's prepared uh, and we have, we have opened the slate to anything and everything under the sun when it pertains to you marriage he asked us what's off limits we and said, we said nothing. nothing and so tyler <laughs> tyler tell a little about you you've been married as well right for how long been married 10 years 10 and, years uh, have two little boys mm-hmm. malcolm and palmer and uh got married at 22 so i was yeah. pretty young yeah uh, how nice old are you fresh. guys i was 23 i was 26 okay yeah. same age as jfk and jackie by the way i'm hoping not to get shot like he did but you know what <laughs> seems like a good goal you know so take the presidency. We don't need the bullet. <laughs> yeah. So, so I got some stuff prepared here, so I'm excited to jump into this. Awesome. Um, so yeah, let's right off the bat. Um, how would you define marriage? Um, you know, what sort of qualities make it different than other human relationships? That's a great question. Do you want, should we, should we go me, you, or you, me? I think it'll depend alternate. on the question. You go ahead and start this okay. one. Okay, I'm always ready to go. So you just let me know when <laughs> you want to go first. I just want go to give ahead. you a, an idea when to be prepared. So <laughs> um, my, my definition of marriage um, is, you know, is this idea of, of a covenant, basically, which basically means uh, I'm all, all in. And, uh, and it's independent of anything um, that Adrian does, right, that... So when I, I got up there and, you know, I've had the opportunity to uh, officiate a wedding um, for the power vested in me and the Internet um, in the state of Washington. <laughs> and uh, I've had the opportunity to to do that. And it was the same conversation that we had. Right. Um, and I guess I guess I've been to most of the weddings I've been to. The conversation is for better, or for worse, for richer, or for poor, you know, and good times and bad. Till death do us part. So to me, it's an end game, right? Like uh, it is um, the ultimate beginning and the end all at the same time. Meaning, um, you know, once, you know, you cross that threshold, uh, it's an integrity thing. You know, and one of the definitions I love of integrity, and this is a long way of defining marriage, but these are my thoughts on it, is doing the thing that you said you were going to do, even in moments when the feeling isn't with you, mm-hmm. Right. And I think that um, that is one of the 
things that is really important to to fully commit to when you choose to get married. And we know a number of weddings that are coming up this this summer that mm-hmm. we will be attending. And um, I, I'm gonna have the opportunity to officiate another wedding uh, here at the end of this month. And but we know we know that there's going to be you have to know there's going to be hard times. We know from experience there's going to be hard times, but you don't know what you don't know, right? Like you, you can't learn to ride a bike at a seminar just as you can't learn to survive a marriage fight before they come, right? That you have to, you're going to have to endure in the, the so that the, the definition that I have is, is all, all in. And then the other, the other thing that I really like to talk about is, is it's a hundred percent for me, right? It's, it's a hundred percent and a hundred percent. It's not a 50, 50 thing. Right. 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 I mean, if it's a hundred percent, a hundred percent, that means I'm always assuming that John is doing the best that he can in that moment. So he's giving his hundred percent and I'm giving my hundred percent. So if typically I were to take care of the laundry and then for a week goes by and no laundry has been done, then instead of the question coming, what's going on with the laundry? The question should be coming, how are you doing? Because something might be off on me. And so he's always assuming that regardless of, you know, whether how I'm performing, he's always assuming that I'm doing the best that I can in that moment. And I'm giving my hundred percent and same thing from me to him. Absolutely. And, and so that, that would, that would, that would but be, but I think, a, oh yeah, I should oh, clarify. Ahead. It's not, I think like where that comes in is that it's a oftentimes we need to do 50, 50. We're a team that equals 100%. So you do 50% and you do 50%. But that implies that there's some sort of balance and which means that there's some sort of comparison happening. And the moment you've got that comparison, I think that's when like the relationship can start to falter. Right. And here's, and, and I am, but I, I'll go ahead. Can I, but you go. Does not go back to <clears throat> kind of your definition of, of covenant, you know, it's so what is covenant. It's what I can give. It's what, we together are going to benefit from the relationship rather than just what I can take. So you could say covenant versus contract, you know, sure. contract is my best interest sure. and covenant may be more our best interest or even sure. your best interest. Yeah. For so, all time. Yeah. Sure. All right. How about another question here? Um, so since you guys have been together, um, how have you changed individually since you've been together and how has that affected your marriage? Hmm. That's a good question. Good question. Um, that's a good question because I feel like it's important to continuously grow individually. But I think if you're in a marriage, then you have to do it. You have to work together, I guess. I mean, maybe I've just been lucky that as I've continued to grow and make personal changes and personal growth, so has my husband. So I guess I suppose it would be harder if the other person was maybe more stagnant in their growth, but John is really quick to identify things that he needs to work on personally, that he wants to work on personally, identify goals and reach for them. And he moves fast in that. So I probably tag along behind him and look internally. Yeah, no, that's a great question. I mean, there's things though that, so to just kind of judge, cause, cause the question you're kind of asking too, to me is a juxtaposition question. Okay. Pre-marriage, um, I know for me, there was a lot of, uh, there were quite a few adjustments and gross and developments. We were really young. That I needed. Yeah, we were, we were, we were young. I mean, 
26 and 23 uh, in this day and age. We were one of the first of our friend group to get married. A lot of our friends got married the same summer. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then, uh, and then a number of them got married in the next few years, and uh, those that did. And, and um, some of them got married a little later than that, but it was kind of a wave there from 20, for me, from like 26 to 30 was kind of when guys I knew were getting married and gals I knew uh, were getting married. But, you know, when, before we were married, because kind of our progression was uh, we looked for a place to live. Adrian, it was back in 06. They were just giving home loans away in 06, right? We had... Uh, we had regardless no, of your ability to be yeah, able to regardless pay of, for them. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Adrian had a job offer. I was in law school. A job offer. Taking on I didn't, student I hadn't loans. Even started the job yet. Going, you know, getting my getting my law degree at Seattle U, and they're like, "Oh yeah, you can. How much do you want? Two seventy five, I think. You know, you can have two hundred seventy five thousand bucks to buy a house or a condo or whatever." And so we went ahead and and uh, purchased. We saved. We we started a joint bank account at Alaska. <laughs> credit union I want to say and so my like summer money uh from working I put in there and Adrian had some money she was making in internships and we put in there and so we started like our down payment fund and we looked and bought a place before we got married uh about a month or two before we got married in uh 2006 in May and so but we had never we'd never lived together uh, and so our goal and our plan and what we did was we got married, went on our honeymoon to Hawaii, came back and moved into our condo in Woodenville. And, and so the adjustments were really those, those time periods of, uh, you know, in the evening or, or, or whatever, when, I mean, you're always together now, <laughs> right? You go from being single, <clears throat> living in different yeah. towns. Yep. We were living in now, different towns. Living in the same town. Adrian was in Bellingham. I was in Seattle area. Yep. So, I, I mean, I feel like I definitely had expectations around what our evenings would look like. Yep. And compared so, to maybe what he thought. And I had, you know, expectations around Burger King every night and uh, Dick's Hamburger joints. And, and, you know, I had expectations around the type of food that I like to eat that I felt made me <laughs> feel good. And uh, I felt was somewhat cost effective. But Adrian had a totally different idea around um, the types of foods. And, and so slowly, you know, love the process, uh, slowly through a process, um, even my taste buds have have evolved where I will try things that I wouldn't normally try, Adrian. Uh, you know, and everybody kind of follow. It's like any endeavor, right? Any team thing where you, you, you naturally try to find what your strengths are and what your passions lie and then and then backfill those with with whoever else is involved and so with your spouse that's what you try to look at so I think for me one of the biggest changes I've noticed of myself is that I was really selfish I feel like you don't really know how selfish you are until someone else is brought into the equation but I could do whatever I want whenever I wanted and I didn't really have to worry about anyone else's opinions or anyone else's ideas and so when John came along and when he had ideas that were different than mine, I'd be like, what? And it yeah. took me a while to adjust to that of just someone else's opinion. And then wait till you have kids. Then. Adrian's grown. Then more. I was rolling. So then I realized really how selfish I was. But Adrian's probably grown. If we're being honest, which we might as well be. <laughs> she's probably grown more in this area 
in some ways uh, than I have. Um, you know, and it's, it's tough. We've talked, you know, I've talked some on this idea of, of first things first and, and really just um, this idea of, man, I, you got to put your gas mask on, you know, when the gas mask, you know, or what you, air mask, right? When the plane, air mask. okay, the plane deal. So you got to put yours on first. And I think it's, you know, the, the, before we got married there, I gave Adrian some vision. There's a Matchbox 20 song that says this. I'm not crazy. I'm just a little unwell. I know you can't tell, but someday you'll see. And let me tell you, Adrian has seen a different side of me. So the, uh, the, the reality, though, is I, uh, I believe baseline from a baseline capacity of preparedness um, I have to be somewhat, it's, it's selfish in that approach. Um, and I think Adrian has been able to be, uh, a little less selfish in that approach, but we need to be conscious of, man, she needs those times too. Um, you know, she needs to, to get out of the house. And today, you know, the real loving thing I did was I, I turned the water back on so she could take a shower. I don't know if it'd been what, two or three days. We had, we have a water leak on our main water <laughs> pipe. And so our water's been shut off. So this morning on the way to school, I look, we're in the golf cart and I look over and Malibu's face is dirty from breakfast and her hair hasn't been brushed. And I'm like, and she's wearing dirty clothes. <laughs> I'm like, oh child, this is not looking good. And she goes, well, that wasn't very nice. And I'm like, I just <laughs> mean, she's right. It wasn't very nice, but <laughs> I just met. So I laughed and I said, I just mean, we got to get this water turned back on. So yes, the loving thing he did for me was he turned it on, even though it was leaking everywhere and I got to have a shower. Absolutely. So, you know, the, the, but, but this idea of, of growth and, and growing, um, I think you're always going to find something that is the thing, you know, um, often in, a, in our marriage, there's, it's been, man, communication. Uh, okay, how can we better communicate? What are the better, what, what, what are the cadences that we can have so that we have good times and opportunities to talk to one another? Um, you know, I think- Can that, I ask a question around that? Yeah. Yeah, so <clears throat> what do you feel you need and expect from each other as far as openness and depth of communication? So, so as you've grown, maybe one person, you know, is, is used to this much communication. They're used to saying good morning and then leaving and then saying good night <laughs> later. But, you know, after a while, the other person says, well, I need more, I need more from you. You know, like how, 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 how have you guys developed and communicated your need for communication? How have you grown in that area? I think that's a good question. I feel like you don't know, like John had said before, you don't know what you don't know. So I think some of the things we didn't really realize would be an issue until it came up maybe as an issue. And so some stuff sort of happened naturally, like John would spend too much money and then I would say that felt like too much money. And so then we'd have a, a number kind of in our head. And I don't know, it's never been like a written down number, but it's sort of a number in our head that we know at this point in our life, I know how much I feel comfortable spending without kind of right. writing it by him and right. talking about it in our budget versus mm -hmm. how much we need to actually stop and look at our budget and talk about it. And, and, and to that point, I think one of the gifts, uh, that Adrian's talking about that that really is a letting go process in marriage that so many I think folks catch themselves up on 
unintentionally with great intentions, if that makes sense. They unintentionally with great intentions set barriers and boundaries and expectations around communication and conversations regarding various things. And, and it, it creates a legalistic system that ultimately creates frustration and resentment when it's unable to be lived up to. So to her point, I think one of the, you know, and this is kind of her topic she had last week, this no expectations, hmm. is, is that, man, what if, what if I can find a way, if, what if I took the focus that I might take on, man, I need, I need, I need, to, to, or what are my needs, my needs? You know, she read, and I know you have a follow-up question, but she read a book, um, then I remember watching her change through this book called His Needs, Her Needs. And she did a growth group called His Needs, Her Needs. I think, and, and, and Love and Respect. And Love I and think. Respect. We both did those two books. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we, and, and really the first two years of marriage with no kids and no money <laughs> and uh, time and trying to figure out how to make kids and how to make money. We, right? We, we, we found ourselves. <laughs> we know where babies come from. We do know where babies come from. <laughs> the stork. But we, um, we found ourselves investing time in, in learning about marriage independently and, and together and each other. We did not do the, the newest things are um, some of these there's personality deals and learn about each other. So you can, and, and I'm, I'm good with that stuff. We do that stuff at work. And, and Adrian and I just did one recently that apparently was really old and everybody's done called the Enneagram. And um, <laughs> I don't even really know how to pronounce it, but I'm probably close. And that stuff is great for me to be self-aware, I believe. But I don't think it's any I don't think it's helpful at all for me to use any of those tools to put an expectation on Adrian, if that makes sense. But we know when things are broken, right? I I know when, right? I don't have any expectations around how often we communicate throughout the day. But if it's eight o'clock at night and I haven't heard from you and I don't know where you are, that would be concerning, right? We know kind of what we, what is sort of a normal, a norm for our lives. And We've so then- that. We've had that happen, yeah. I mean, and so then we yeah. may have a conversation about it at some point. I mean, just like we talked about with last week with the no expectations that I am working, I work to, you know, approach it with grace and love. And then, yeah. And then from there we can have a conversation around what might, how might things look differently? Yeah. You know, one thing that John does that he's done our whole relationship is he'll randomly throughout the day when he's thinking of me, instead of sending me a note that says, I'm thinking of you, he sends this text that says, have I ever told you that I love you? And so it's like right away, it's like, it's an inside, inside thing, right? Right. Sort of like inside jokes. I feel like are really valuable. Comes from a movie. For, right. Yeah, it's it inside us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, I feel like inside jokes are really valuable to a relationship and to yeah. a friendship and to a marriage. And yep. our, mar- I mean, within your marriage, that should be your best friendship. Man, and now you got gifts, you know, you could send here and there. And I don't, <laughs> I, I feel like I should send more gifts. Like the, the, the invitation. You know, invi- I heard the other day that people call them GIFs. Do you think GIF. it's a GIF or a GIF? You guys can send out a poll. I Let us know. Is it a GIF or a GIF? I thought you meant GIFs like packages, <laughs> like presents. Yeah. But that's really good. And I think um, I think that she's, she's got a great point there, that the, ins- the, the consistency of communication is key. Um, but I, I really believe, I just believe this with so much, like, like trying to set a cadence 
on communication for marriage. Like you call at eight o'clock. What happened, dude? It's eight fifteen. Hey, you you call it. You, you you always call by. You always call by noon. You didn't call today. That has these um, unintended consequences that that occur. And also, it, either you do it, and I think you can be less in the moment and less effective at carrying out your day and carrying out your schedule and carrying out the things that you're passionate about that you need to go after that you've said you're going to go for. For example, in The Effective Executive, which is a great book, it's a, now we're getting into business a little bit, Peter Drucker writes it this way. He says, um, I forget the executive's name, but a really successful executive had a time block in the morning from, say, 7 to 11, okay? And, and that is, is just killing zone, time for him to, to be creating and not take anything in, in, into his world with two exceptions. And he said, the President of the United States, his secretary knows, if the President of the United States calls or if my wife calls, send them through. And he said, the President doesn't call very often and my wife knows better, right? And, and that's just, <laughs> and that's just, but that's understanding like of, of the team dynamic of this is a space where he is getting after it. And, and some days, you know, if you're in business, an entrepreneur, and, 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 and you're going to go compete in this world, there might be days where it's like, I get up at 6, and I'm out, or 5.30, and I'm out the door at 6, or 5.30, and, I, and I'm not home till 6 or 6.30, and, and I haven't talked to Adrian one time, but you know what I was doing? I was kicking the day's ass. And then I can tell her what happened. Well, and we've, I mean, we've got the double tap. Too. The double right. tap I mean, like is a great <laughs> rule. Okay. The double tap is like a, the one call is like, Hey, I'm just calling to check in or something. That, but the second one is like, I need, I need you to pick up. And so you use the double tap sparingly. <laughs> you do because it's like crying wolf, right? Like you can only do it so much. And it's like, it doesn't have any more impact, but that is your, her point, man. If I see it ringing a second time, I, I, I don't care if I'm meeting with the president of the United States. I'm going to step out and I'm going to take the call. Might take it in his presence. And I put it on speaker. Then I can say hi. See what's going on. So then she can talk <laughs> to the guy. Awesome. So that's how we roll. No, it's, it's great. It's great to know kind of uh, how you've developed your expectations around that. and uh, Shithouse luck to some degree. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. like, I mean, well, I, trial and error, trial and yeah. error. Yeah, yeah, which, which, but I mean, but trial and error still, you, you got to find uh, one and somewhere in trial and error, you got to hit on something like, and if you trial and error enough, you're going to hit on something. Well, and but you again, have, you got to get a little lucky to go, oh man, that, that works. And you have to be willing to have the hard conversation. You do. And realize that in a hard conversation with love, with love that, that you got to demonstrate. And by the way, we're going to, now we're going to go places. That's my belief. Okay. Some people say that you shouldn't go to bed angry, okay? You shouldn't. And I agree with that 100%. You know how you can prove that if you're married? Have sex, okay? <laughs> That's how you prove it. Uh, you, can, you, can, you can bluff, you know, oh, okay, I'm not mad, we're good. You can bluff that. Have sex before you go to bed if you're, you get in a fight. That's the way to, to prove <laughs> The reality, and by the way, I'm sure there's some biomedical, physical realities that some smart guy, smarter than me, could tell you all about. That, but that's something we developed over time as well. Honest, so that's good. Don't that's just go to advice. bed. Yeah, don't just not go to bed angry. Get after it, because <laughs> it takes it takes a heart and a passion. Anybody can roll over. I'm not mad at you and go to sleep. So anyway, 
There you go. What's your next question? Didn't <laughs> know we were going to go there today. No, that's good. But let's we go. have to. It's part of life. Um, so what? How do you? How long do you feel like the time frame is um, from where you really go deep? So let's say you check in every day. We're doing good. But then what's? Do you, do you have those dedicated times away where you really go deep into life, investigating whether this is really the life we want to be leading, what yeah. changes we need to be making, like those sorts of things? How often do you feel like you do that? It's a great question. So for sure, annually, we look at, we evaluate uh, trajectory in seven or eight categories. We've talked about that in, in I think, a goal setting. Um, you know, you got to have goals. And, and so annually, we step back. We also... Um, have a regular cadence on on things like our schedule you know and we really try on Sunday Sunday's kind of that day and I and I believe separation Saturday is a is a great day to get things accomplished in in these areas and just to have those moments but Sunday is kind of a day of setting the week forward you know to know I was just talking to uh to Eric not long ago and, and he was talking about how you know on Sunday evening he, he kind of has a real pretty good picture of what his calendar is going to look like. And I'm not that, we're not that locked in and rigid in it. Um, but we have a pretty good sense of, of proximity and where we're going to be and how the kids are going to be handled and that sort of thing. So, so that's a Sunday deal. I think deep ones though, um, you know, can come ad hoc, right? They can come out of I wish we were pulled by vision, man. Cause what you're, what you're alluding to is this idea of, can we be pulled by the vision as opposed to pushed by the pain? Well, I think some, I think some couples are really good at having like, <coughs> conversations around, they have like a specific time period that they say, okay, during this, during this day or whatever on Sunday, like you say, maybe they also talk about not just their calendar and not just their finances, but maybe they also talk about their emotions. And so that could be something if we needed to add that in. And we do. But I feel like we add things like that in ad hoc, just based on how we're currently doing. So yeah. one of the best questions is like with anything is, you know, and then, you know, we're going to talk. Do you got a minute? Right. You, you know, do you got a minute? Because whatever. But I think a good time too about like to dream is to make sure that we've got one on one time with no kids. So date nights once in a while. Yep. Um, cause that's a time where we can kind of talk deeper and dream a little bit more around what are, what's coming up in our lives and what do we want it to look like? We have a 35 date goal, right? So, I mean, in those, those seasons when, when you're able to be just the two of you together, uh, that's, that's a time where, where, you know, you can talk about anything like that. Um, I think one of the keys though, too, though, is, is, is you, you good couples, you're just going to, if you're going to get in a disagreement, you're going to get into to a fight or an argument here and there. And I think that the key is to, to be able to lean in to those moments. Cause I think a lot of the growth comes in those moments and comes in those conversations. And I've been changed, you know, as much or more in those moments. And it's never, it's not really, it's usually through inquisition, Right. I mean, um, I remember hearing the story of George Bush, uh, you know, and when he quit drinking and his wife, Laura was, was just really loving, but she asked him and demanded, and was expecting an answer, which was when's the last time you went without a night with or a day without having a drink. And she just left it. And so those type of pointed inquisitional conversations or questions, um, 
with love can really be effective, right? He, he, two weeks, within two weeks, he sobered up and I don't think he's had a drink since. So, I mean, whatever it might be, um, that, that needs to be addressed, it's often the acute things that are getting you off your mission. And now we're going to get back to the very beginning of this thing, which is that you have to have a mission that you're on so that you can understand whether you're on or off it. But if you don't have those conversations, if you don't have those talks, those annual setting points, those quarterly setting points to go, this is where we're headed. And this is why then, then it comes out of left field. But if it's collaborative in nature, what we're doing and what we're saying, then it's just a conversation about how can we accomplish our mission. And it's not uh, accusatory, it's collaborative. And, and it might not be fun because typically I like doing whatever it is that I'm doing that's not helping us achieve our goal. But I think it also comes down to individually. Typically when I am having a rough time with John, it's because I'm not looking internal and I'm not physically, I'm not spiritually healthy. So it's when I find, I find more socks on the floor around the house or I find more stuff that he hasn't put away. I'm finding them because I'm, I'm seeing stuff within myself that I'm not happy with and then therefore I'm looking outside of myself so that I don't have to take responsibility for my own emotions and for my own actions. And so instead I'm trying to figure out who can I pinpoint, who can I blame it on? Yeah, and, and, and that, that's so good. That's back to the same theme over and over and over and over in a different way. Extreme ownership, right? It's on me. What if I take this delusional approach and really examine, and really examine anything that, that in my world that I'm not excited about or that's not quote-unquote going my way and look back and, and look forward to go, well, did I just not, did I not have that conversation? Did, was I afraid to, to discuss it? Or did I do something or make a decision based on self-interest that now has put me in this position, right? Like I could have left earlier if I got rear-ended. Like these, these really kind of seem delusional to the average mind really, really can cause success if you buy in. And I, and I know it's counterintuitive and I know it's in the minority because frankly, if it wasn't in the minority, I believe we would a lot. We would have better situations that are occurring in our world and our marriages, and I don't think we would have some of the failure rates that we do. And and I believe the challenge for me that that's heartbreaking is it's it's with full good intention. Mm. It's with full good intention that we set all these rigid standards and set all these ideas that that are external. They're based on what you do. Anything based on what you do is a failed idea. People are like, what do you mean? I don't have any control over what you do. Yeah, I don't have any control over my spouse, especially. And I think and that's, that's as close the as biggest. It gets. That's as close as it gets. And I think whenever I, when I get to that point, that's when I need to pull in gratitude. And we've talked about gratitude before and the power of gratitude. But writing down, when you're pissed off at your spouse, writing down the things that you're grateful for about that person is freaking hard. <laughs> but I think it can switch your brain around. So here's an exercise that I really like. To, to what she's talking about and I've taken guys through is when they're frustrated in their marriage and gals can do the same thing when you're frustrated in your marriage I want you to write a virtues list okay and I've done this write a virtues list of the, the seven to ten virtues that you want to see in your spouse 
and be, be diligently honest in the approach of writing these things down. With a pen on paper, write them down. Then I'm going to give you the task of working toward becoming those virtues. And, and you will be amazed that your spouse changes. You never said nothing to them. You never, never asked them about these things. You never had a hard conversation. You never went to counseling. You never, you never did none of that. But you just said, man, I want my spouse to be these seven virtues. And you said, I'm going to go all in on becoming these seven virtues. Mm -hmm. And your spouse will change. Guaranteed. If you commit to that. Most people won't. Because, and here's why, you don't want it to be your fault. You don't want to be responsible. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be responsible. Nobody likes to fail. That means, shoot, I'm less. I'm not not whole. Like, I'm missing something. And so I, I take this out of, it's on them. It's crap. And it's crap when I do it, and I do it. I'm not saying I don't do it. It's a progress thing. It's never a, man, I've got this thing nailed. It's a process. But you can get better at this over time. You can develop these skills over time is what we found in our 12 years of marriage. That's why we say 11 good ones. The first <laughs> year of marriage was brutal. Some people's 14th year of marriage is a tough one. So some people say, I've been married 15, 14 good ones. Some people might say 17 and 13 good ones. So they had a some longer season. Some people say season. right now sucks. Right now sucks. So if this is that year for you, congratulations. It's game time. But this is, that is the joyous time to persist and grow in for me. I have to grow. I have to grow. Adrian, I pray she'll grow. I pray she'll pray. I pray she'll do things that will be beneficial and loving and serving for our family and for our mission. But at the end of the day, I have to own what I can own. And it and it and it, it's it will naturally continually be let's find ways to to be together in that space. One of the worst ideas and one of the most difficult things to do, and that doesn't work very often, that, that seems like it might work, and I don't know, smart people who take a bunch of money to sit with people and talk to them probably give this idea, is just get some space. You, you get some space. Why? What's that going to do? Why don't you work through whatever it is, sit at the, what was that, Beach Cafe in Kirkland, you know, two days after Adrian and I got in this big fight, and uh, Malibu's like, hey, daddy, you're gonna go see about mommy? This is like last summer, summer before last. Nope, last summer. Wish it was the summer before last. <laughs> it was last summer. And, and, and I sat there, right? I mean, in our first year of marriage, I remember sitting at a taco time, stinking picnic patio. Remember? No. Uh, well, I do, <laughs> right? Just she, she blocks things out like this. It's a great skill to have. Highly suggest it. And I typically will balk them out on her end too, right? Because we're sitting at this picnic table because of choices that I'm making, right? That aren't that aren't awesome. And and we're sitting at this picnic table and 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 it's just hard. And it's all there is sometimes is to sit in the hardness and it and and, and have a faith and a belief system that, man, this will come to pass. It gets really dark before the dawn, right? That is a, that is, my experience is that such. But if I quit, or if I give up on the idea, or I, 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 it's too much pain, and it's too dark, I never get to see the dawn. And I don't, I don't, I don't know that glory of what comes of seeing the dawn. 
And when the dawn comes, you know it. And you're often for, you're always never the same. And, and in moments we've grown that way, where it's like, this is really hard. And I mean like, there's people listening going, no, no how hard? Really difficult times, okay? Really difficult times. Um, you know, that, that we just had to have to go through the pain. And you gotta go through. Remember that old song? You can't go under it, can't go over it. Gotta go through. Gotta go through. Okay, so I have, have a gotta go through mentality. I have a secret that I use. <laughs> be good. I like secrets. If I know this what they are. This is for like the more like day to day. I don't like secrets that I don't know what they are. Oh, you know Nobody what this Nobody likes one is. that. Secrets don't, you make, know this one. don't make friends. <laughs> These are, this is for more like for the day to day things. So I try to wait three days. If something frustrates me or is annoying, I try to wait three days. If I get to the three days and I've forgotten, then it wasn't worth bringing up anyway. And so then, like, what, you know, what would have been the point of the conversation? If I get to the three days, then the first thing I do is I yell at him in my sleep to just get it off my chest. So he's sleeping. I yell at him. I get it off my chest. <laughs> so how loud do you <laughs> yell? Sound crazy. How loud do you yell? Well, I have a sleeping baby up there, so not really loud, but I can be boisterous sometimes. Like my <laughs> That's awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I yell at him while he's sleeping. So then I feel like Will you film he's this gotten sometime? it. No, it's this would be awesome. All right, maybe. maybe. <laughs> Let's go. So I feel like I've gotten it off my chest. If after that point I still need to have a conversation with him, then at least I'm approaching the conversation with all of my frustrations already out because I've already like yelled at him, and it's been three days, so I'm separated from the space. How'd you learn that? Because I, I, I just, just made just it sound up. Genius. Okay, so trial and error. Trial and error. So like I said, shit ass luck. I mean, like, like to some degree, like, so some of these hacks, if you will, or tips or ideas or strategies or philosophies, you hit on something. If, if you keep, here's what I, I totally believe in marriage. Like if you keep doing what you've been doing, you will keep getting what you've been getting. So if you like what you're getting, stay the course. <laughs> if you don't like what you're getting, you Try can do different. anything different and you will be closer to the answers than if you keep doing what you've been doing. You yeah, know, you know why? Because it's comfortable exactly, to keep doing what we've been doing. Yeah, and that's exactly where it came from is I didn't like the way that I was approaching situations when I was emotional. And I didn't I didn't like that part about me, that I didn't feel like I was allowing my emotions to affect my logic. And I can't be logical and I can't be Yeah. And I can't Adrian, be graceful towards John when I'm too emotional because I'm too stuck in my head. And so that's where like my three days kind of thing came in. You ever heard the country song? Just to give you a little backside of, of, of this, Adrian can bring the house when she feels it's necessary. And, 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 <laughs> and, 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 you know, I don't know about this happy wife, happy life stuff, but I do know if mama ain't happy, nobody's happy. <laughs> that I do. <laughs> and, and so there's that song that's like this country song. It's like, she'll rage just like a river. She'll <laughs> beg you to forgive her. She's every woman that you've ever known. I don't know who sings it, uh. but it's out there. Somebody does. And you know it's song. <laughs> and that is, Adrian has that. You know, it's, it's that emotion. And so also on the guy's side, just recognize that emotion is, um, is, a, ma- is a major component of the way women are built. And and in the way they think and operate and and I and emotion doesn't actually mean, you know, like true true feelings and true right, thoughts. Right. 
it's just, yeah, it's emotional. And so take it with those with a grain of salt because then you get, and it is back to love and respect. You get in this crazy cycle where, where the, the core foundation of love and respect is guys want to be respected and women want to feel loved. And when women don't feel loved, they withhold love and the guy or with respect and, and then the guy withholds love and then she withholds respect and you watch it. I see it in public. You see it happen. You go out to dinner with somebody and you watch it and you know what it looks like. And there's an answer. There's a solution for that. Somebody has to go first. Somebody has to, if it's me and I'm a guy, I have to be loving in spite of the situation. If it's, if it's Adrian, she needs to show respect inside of the fact that I'm being a circus clown idiot. Okay. And, and often, you know, we set a relationship mission statement, right? Which we put, I think, on social media and whatnot. But one of the core fundamental ideals in that was we will, we will support each other in public under all circumstances. Where that one, right? That one did come. That one may have been one of those pulled by the vision deals. It was probably 2003. We were early 2004, dating for a year. And we'd gotten in a number of fights dating that were based on that exact thing. And so we have the conversation offline in private and, um, and try to resolve it that way. There's still from time to time something I'm really doing that's really dumb and she'll say something and I'll know she's trying to help us help us. I squeeze his leg sometimes. The leg squeeze is huge. <laughs> or to shut your mouth that, you know, hey, that's enough. You know, don't, you know, stop, like she said, stop being, you know, and that's the thing too is like, uh, you've not got, like being an idiot just no, like uh, yeah if he's overstepping yeah if I'm overstepping you know I am very open to to telling you what I think and wearing my emotions on my sleeve and my thoughts on my sleeve and um, that's a blessing and a curse and uh, the last thing that I want to do and that Adrian wants to do is is allow that to cause people to feel um, uh, hurt um, because the truth in and of itself is is, is absent love is a posture. So the, um, that's the strategy we have. You got any more questions? Yeah. My last question is, um, how does somebody love the process of growing together and growing closer and building a better, better marriage for some people? Marriage is really difficult. Um, so what are, what are some things they can do to begin to enjoy working on themselves yep. and not go from like disaster to conflict to breakdown. Perfect. Perfect. Love it. And can I go first? Mm-hmm. Start with paradigm. Start with your paradigm. So meaning what is, what is your belief of what are the qualities that are necessary and the skills that are necessary to develop and understand that paradigm. Uh, for us, it was on our wedding invitation and it's at a lot of weddings certainly Christian weddings. Um, and I think Paul in the Corinthians writes it pretty well. But this is a paradigm to start with just to get a baseline. You know, sometimes we just have to get back to the basics, right? Um, you know, the head coach of the Green Bay Packers, um, Vince Lombardi back in the day, every year at the beginning of the season, he would hold out a football. He'd say, gentlemen, this is a football. John Wooden every year, he would have an hour and a half session on putting your socks on. Because it's the little things and it's, it's the understanding of the disciplines and, and the goals first before we, before we try to get out on the field and execute. Uh, so often we're trying to fix it on the field. It's hard. You know, we only have, like in, in, when we coach, we have a Sunday night meeting that's a venue for fixes. Because when you're on the field, 
and you're in the trenches trying to fix something is pretty difficult to do. So you go back on Sunday night and you go, well, what's our paradigm? What's our goals and what, what, what are we going to deploy? So it says this, and this is, what, this is what we've adopted. Love is patient, so I need to work towards patience. Love is kind. I need to work towards being kind. It does not envy, right? I'm not jealous about anything that the other partner or spouse is doing. It doesn't boast, right? It does not, it's not proud. It does not dishonor others. That's what we talked about in public, right? It's dishonoring. It doesn't dishonor. It's not self-seeking. So it's, it's on mission for us. It's a we thing. Uh, it is not easily angered. You notice it says it's not easily angered, right? Anger can still be wielded at times of necessity so that it can get a point across that we're off mission. It keeps no records of wrongs. And that's why Adrian can't remember that taco time incident, right? Because that was, that was a, it would be keeping a record of a wrong. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth, right? We got to keep it real. It always protects, so I got to be protective. I got to always hope. This means, man, no matter how dark it is, the dawn is coming, creator's coming. And it always, pers- it always perseveres. And, and, and love never fails, it says. And, and, I, and I believe a paradigm for love and marriage is the first place to start in loving the process. The, then you get to the process, right? So the process comes in the day-to-day execution of wins and lessons, right? I don't, you know, I don't see there's, any, there's not, never a loss. A loss is too final. But wins and lessons... Uh, around how I can get better at being patient, how I can be better at being kind, how I can get better at not just thinking about myself, what I want, and thinking about what's best for us. Right? Those, that, that's where I would start. Now, that's our paradigm. That doesn't need to be yours. Yours can be whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Your value system can be whatever it is. But if absent a value system, uh, too many options will make a tyrant of us all. Right? Too many options in terms of, 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 of ways of being is doomed to fail. So we have to know and, and, and study and understand what do I believe, right? So the mission is marriage. We're back to the paradigm of what's my mission. The mission is marriage, togetherness, this covenant, this all inness, and all in always for all time. Mm-hmm. And then it's, then it's what are my belief systems? Because so often we jump from belief systems to execution too quickly. And we're not on the same page in terms of what we believe. So we got to get, we got to understand, well, what do we believe? And then we can execute and then we can get better at those things. So I think often you got to step back. You got to step back in one step or another. And actually your interview process here was, was, was perfect to kind of this idea of love in the process, right? What, what's, what do I, what's marriage? What do I believe? And then how can I get better at that? And how can I look at myself and how can I get better at that and, and find a way to, to pray, trust, and hope that, that um, over time everybody's going to get better. Yeah, I think some people have gone through some things in their marriage that may seem unforgivable. And I think it's important to make sure that you are keeping yourself healthy. If you need to go see counseling to get through some of those things, I think that's really important. Um, I think it's always important to start on yourself first before you start on the marriage counseling. Marriage counseling, I think, can be a great thing for a lot of people. But you need to you need to forgive yourself based on some of these these issues. But you and you really need to make sure that you're working towards forgiving your spouse as well. And we talk about, you know, when we hear these words of forgiveness, 
it's not for the other person. I'm not forgiving John for him. I'm forgiving him for my sake. I'm because I cannot be spiritually healthy if I have something that I'm holding on to from the past. Yeah. And that's not easy. There's people have gone through a lot of things in their marriages and a lot of those could be very, very difficult to get through, but it will be very difficult to improve your marriage if you don't make sure that you're focused on, on allowing that forgiveness in your heart. And, and, and I, I totally double down on what you're saying there that forgive yourself is the often missed step. Um, it is, it, you know, it's a, this idea of forgive others, you know, they know not what they do. I mean, that is, that's pretty mainstream idea of man, find forgiveness in your heart, regardless of the offense or the difficulty, but usually the repetition of, of what's happening and occurring in your world is based on your and my inability to be whole and forgive myself. And, uh, and I've had multiple moments in our marriage and in my life where it's like, I had a, th- I had to forgive myself for a mistake or decision or choice that didn't move us forward. And it typically brought us backwards, right? Because without that, I'll keep, it's just, it's just a cycle. And, and I, I, so to Adrian's point, I think if you're going to sit in a cozy couch, go by yourself and fix yourself. Like just, I mean, if I was a counselor, which nobody would want me, I would have a little sign that just says, fix your shit. I'm serious. And I know that's harsh. And people are like, eh. I think this, uh, this is why work. he gets the leg squeeze sometimes. Right, and I didn't get it on that one, so I feel like I, I, I I'm on point. Okay, but 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 look it in the mirror. It is, and nobody wants to hear this. Nobody, nobody. I went and spoke at my fifth grade class uh, last week, and the kids still, and I've said this uh, on multiple podcasts, they still memorize. And last week, I think you said it. Thirty-four too. years in in the making, and they still memorize what excuses are excuses are the refuge of cowards and the building blocks to a house of failure. And you know what an excuse is predicated upon? It's someone it's, else. I'm not going to be responsible. Somebody else's issue. And it's all, it's, it's a natural, don't kick yourself. If you make excuses, it's a natural thing. I think for so many, we have, we have our kids at three, right? Make an excuse. So it's not like a, a flaw like uh, in our makeup, it's like kind of how the way it is. So recognize it's, that's kind of how the way it is. My natural thing might be to want to blame somebody else or to think it's somebody else's fault, but maybe, maybe there's a, a better way, right? And that, that's one of the basic learnings of anything, right? That, that maybe there's a better way because everybody does the best they can. Everybody's trying to do mm. the thing that makes most sense and it's just not getting them the result. So look in the mirror have the conversation with ourselves. It's going to need to be quiet and it's going to need to be still. And if it needs to be in the presence of somebody that can, that can give you feedback and provide you input, fantastic. But at the end of the day, the simplicity of it came from Nike. I'm going to give them a shout out to their name this time. Go ahead, Phil. I'll take the royalties. Just do it. Just do it. It's that simple. Just do it. Look in the mirror. Just do it. Yeah. I mean, do and. Do more things that make you guys laugh. I think laughter is a healing 
is very healing. So do things that make you guys laugh together, go on adventures together. Any, like we had talked about any of those like inside stories or inside jokes, those come out of adventure, come out of, they come from experiences that you weren't expecting. And then all of a sudden there's this hilarious thing that happened or there's this crazy thing that happened. And now you're able to laugh about it. We drove, when we were dating, we drove to San Diego and then we drove over to Vegas and we got stuck in between these two passes and Tell we, them what we were driving. We were driving my 1980 Volvo. 80, 80 or 82? 80. I don't know. I think anyway. it's 80. All right, 80. 1980, maybe 81. Okay. Volvo. Stevie. Stevie. And he need he was rear-wheel drive, and we were going over the passes. Stevie was rear-wheel Stevie, drive. Stevie mm-hmm. was rear-wheel drive. <laughs> the Volvo. Mm-hmm. We were going over passes, and we got to a point where they said, you have to have chains to go over this pass, and we didn't have chains. So we got chains. No, I probably had chains in that car. We put them on. Broke those. And they broke. And so then we had to go find chains in this little town, Wairika. And we found another pair of chains and we put them on and they broke again. So we broke two sets of chains. And it turns out John was putting them on upside down both times. Upside down and backwards, yeah. And Mm -hmm. so now, so that's why they had broken. And now it's so like just that experience together. Well, it was one of the reasons that made me think, oh, I can marry this guy. If we can make it through this alive, we'll be good. We actually tried to get married in Vegas, remember? He tried to get married in Vegas. They were close. <laughs> we, we missed the slot by 10 minutes. We might have got married at uh, 24 and 21, but it was 26 and 23 instead. And we spent a lot more money. We, that's, that's true. <laughs> true. True. It would have been cheaper. <laughs> so you know, but I th- think those in- those inside jokes, those inside stories that you have, like re refresh those. Make sure you're going on adventure, yeah. and make sure you're having sex. At the end, uh, uh, there's no you can't exactly you you can't go to bed. Again, we talked about it. I'm not going to hit on it again. Well, maybe I am. You have to prove it. Prove it. Prove it that you're not mad. Prove it that you're that you're over this. If you yeah. have a higher power. Work on your relationship with God. Yeah. If you believe in God. Work on your relationship with God first and then work on your relationship self. with your spouse. Well, God self spouse. Well, your spouse yourself is going to be improved by your relationship with God. That's a good point. <laughs> He's that's yeah. If you it, yeah, that's where the power lies. Yep. Good point. Find the power. Solve your problem. Whatever okay, so it there is. we go. Pray. Do fun things together. Have sex. Yep. There's your key. That, but it's not complicated. <laughs> let's just be let's just be clear. I mean, show somebody, gratitude. Oh, show gratitude. Somebody That's wrote important. a book. Like it's not it's not overly complicated. This his needs gratitude. her and show gratitude. This his needs, her needs is not overly complicated. Well, I think every relationship takes effort and work. Even totally. your friendships. So even outside of marriage, all of your friendships take work. If you're not if you're not working to become better friends with somebody or if you're not working to flourish that relationship, then it's less likely to be close. Right. And so I think that's especially important in marriage that it's not supposed to just be easy. Okay. Yeah. Like you're in close proximity We're, with each other. But here's another time. thing I'm going to throw in. We're in an overcomplicating society. Right. <laughs> I mean, here's why we are. Here's why we are. I think because we're looking at everybody else. And we're looking at their outsides and we're, we're judging our insides by their outsides. We're like, man, they look happy. You know why? Because they're good actors. They're not happy. They just got in a fight in the car and they, and they don't even know which way is up and down. But man, they get out of the car, the car door opens and man, they shine it up. <laughs> right? I see them all the time. So fight in public, man. Or whatever it takes. Just do whatever. Do You know what I mean? Like just be real. Say, 
hey, how's your day going? Oh, you know what? In matter of fact, Brooklyn's here now. She was here that day and or that day she was ready. I was supposed to go to help a buyer with an offer. And uh, the day we got in a big fight and uh, Malibu's like, hey, go see about mommy. And uh, and it was like, <laughs> I just just no call, no show, which is not me, you know. And um, and it's like we have to. So I could I could just make up some happy horse shit and just be like, ah, you know what? Reason number three hundred and seventy three, which isn't true. So I could lie. Which people are doing a bunch of liars out there, myself included. I've done it just because I think it's easier for you to not hear. You know what? Adrian <laughs> just cried for about seventeen minutes. Okay, my kids weren't sure what was up from down. I wasn't sure. And that's why I didn't make it. And that's why I'm here. So that's what's going on. From there, my experience, there's a lot of hope. Fronting, though, is a failed strategy. We got to be real. The reason we want to front is we want it to look good. The reason we think it should look good, so back to the process, is because we're, we're on social media. We're looking at all these happy magazines. We're well, looking think, at all these celebrities. I think what you we're hit on before, at, though. We don't, like, we don't like to make other people feel uncomfortable. It's both. Yeah. It's both. It's both. We we think we think in, there's an there's a ability to fake it till you make it. It's crap. Okay. It's a failed strategy. Just like building up kids' self esteem and giving them all a trophy is a failed strategy. Let's just put them to bed. They both don't work. We got to face it till we make it. Okay. Face it till we make it. Well, I have a ton more questions, so we may have to do this again. Um, Let's do all it. right, we'll sometime. do session two. Session time. two, yeah. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for this time and just for pouring out your wisdom and life experience and stories. Um, just really appreciate it. Awesome. Thanks, Tyler. Thanks, Tyler. So let's let's do our round out. Okay. Um, all right, I'll start with what I'm loving. Group text. <laughs> I've got a few group texts going. With just gifts. The best ones no. are with just gifts. Well, we have a combination. Oh, yeah. <laughs> of but pictures. It's just a gift group text. Of pictures, of text messages, of gifts. So give me a good example of a, a group text that you're loving. Oh, well, like one that I'm loving is with um, my with um, my good friends. And so Michelle and Sammy, we have one that's going and we started it in Austin and so just like randomly, somebody will be like, what's going on with this Disney cruise? Are we going on a Disney cruise? And then somebody else will send something else. And it's just so fun to just quickly like touch base with each other and every, every once in a while. Yeah, it's awesome. I touch base with Frankie and my nephew, Elijah. You know, I get to see I'm, pictures of my nephew, Elijah, all the time. I'm loving and it's those so group fun. texts, too. I'm loving those group texts, yeah. I yep. love it. Yep. But that's not what I was going to say. Do you have another loving? No. Well, okay. you get to do one. Pick one. I'm loving the weather. Got my first full round of golf in yesterday. Shot 79. Ooh. 79. I was one over par through, uh, through nine holes. And then, uh, you know, you start thinking about setting all the records. But anyway, yeah, that was <laughs> awesome. Okay, what I'm learning. Okay, my friend Jody, she posted her first Insta story the other day. Yesterday, I think it was. And it was hilarious. And I was dying of laughter because it was just ordinary of what she was doing. And she was going to this shoe store and she's talking about old people's shoes and that she must be old because now she needs to go to this old people's shoe store. And she knows that they're having a sale because she is on their email distribution list. 
anyway, it was hilarious. And it just made me remember and think that I love ordinary things. I love just what people are doing in their normal, ordinary, everyday life. And so that's just something that I have relearned about myself that I think that's hilarious and I think it's fun and I think people are entertaining in like their normal state of life. So I want to do more of that. I'm not great at that, of sharing like just the normal parts of my life. I should do that more. I would like to do that more. That's what I'm learning. That's awesome. That's (laughs) awesome. I'm learning, uh, I'm learning, you know, to be selective, uh, to, to maintain focus of mission. Um, you know, I've been, you know, even right, even today, uh, you know, I, I said no time to sleep during last night, no time to sleep. And she goes, it doesn't really mean that. And, uh, <laughs> so it doesn't mean don't take it, care it, of yourself. It doesn't mean don't take care of yourself. <laughs> and it doesn't mean to say yes to absolutely everything and, and try to, <laughs> to help everything that, that comes, uh, down the pike. And so, um, I'm learning to be selective. Uh, I'm learning to be intentional, um, I'm learning to, uh, well, even, you know, I'd never ever done this Lent thing. I was not Catholic and, um, I don't know. A lot of people that aren't Catholic do Lent. Yeah. So, but anyway, (laughs) uh, a friend of mine, when I was in Austin, I spent almost a day with, he's, he's, uh, he's Catholic and Chris is a really great guy. And he asked me if I was going to do it. And then Adrian mentioned something about it. And so I took email off of my phone for Lent. So. If you're trying to send me an email, um, might take a minute. Um, feel free to go to my Instagram. My cell phone number's there. Text message, phone calls are a lot easier to get to me than email. I just was spending um, an inordinate amount of time processing email. And uh, most people can, can handle email and have it be on their phone and it not be an issue, but it just flat out was, um, I believe, chewing up my ability to to be visionary and focused and intentional with people. And so... So that's what I'm learning. Um, we got a quote of the week. I got I got one. I got one if you don't. No, you got your quote of the week. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So my quote of the week I referenced already. I had to write it down. I thought it was so good. Um, <laughs> you know, sometimes you just have that moment. It's like, oh, that's a good one. So I don't know about this, uh, you know, happy wife, happy life. I think your wife could be happy and you might not be. But this idea of if mama ain't happy nobody's happy. That is something I can get behind as a quote of the week. If mama ain't happy, nobody's happy. Okay. And then if we get to a kid quote of the week, somebody wants to turn that into a piece of art. We'll post it on our Instagram. Oh, no question. If mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. <laughs> the last one is a kid quote of the week. And, and I really do. I, I want to go back to you is we, you know, kind of highlighted possible strategies, et cetera, for marriage and discuss kind of our experience and ups and downs and all arounds around marriage. And I know there's a ton more that we can go over and we will, and we are happy to answer any questions on marriage and don't, don't hear us intend to believe we have any idea what your specific situation is like, or that it'll be easy. Um, uh, it certainly wasn't for us and, um, and it continues to, to be a process, right? But this idea that Malibu, you know, kids, I think, have an intuitive sense often about the truth and about justice and about what's right. And so when Malibu asked me, Daddy, are you going to go see about Mommy? You know, when Adrian had been crying for a while and uh, she didn't want to do it necessarily in front of the kids. And so she started crying in front of the kids and then left. And um, 
and I said, yeah, Malibu, do you th- actually, my question back to Malibu was, do you, do you think I should? And uh, she's like, yeah, I can go with you. So, you know, I think we all, um, we all got to work together in this. It's a, it's a family affair. The file family um, is our tribe and our family and, and, and friends. Um, people who are with us and for us are going to be people who support us and who have positivity. Uh, and they're also going to be folks that typically are going to look for solutions and strive for solutions. I love you all. Um, I'm just not going to, I'm just not going to take advice from a quitter. I'm not going to listen. I'm, I'm just not, I'm Adrian might, but I'm, I'm just, I just, I just, you could, you have to be selective to the information that you're willing to, um, subscribe to. And so we, 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 we really are grateful for the fact that we've got people in our life who are, are working toward bettering themselves. And that doesn't mean that it looks good, right? So don't hear that. It doesn't mean that it looks perfect. Mm. It means that they're on mission to get better. Mm. And that can look that can look dire in moments. Yeah, low. Those are my favorite people. Because because somebody who goes he goes, Hey man, um I heard this and I'll shut up, I promise. I hope you enjoyed this. But I heard this on a podcast and it was um it was from a guy named David Goggins and he said he said, you know, um here's who I get my I want to get my advice from. He said, it's not the guy who's like, hey, man, you've been doing good, man. Take a night off. Let's get a pizza and watch the game. He said, the guy that I take my advice from is the guy who, who says, man, man, I'm kind of tired. And I say to him, David said, I said to him, well, why are you tired? He goes, because you know what? Tomorrow I got to wake up and do this all over again. I mean, that's, that's the persistence and the, and, the, and the belief in the process that I really want people to have around me. Because I think it's through those, through that that greatness is found. Through that 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 solutions are achieved. Um, nothing comes, nothing worth doing comes quickly, and uh, it was hard for me to unlearn because I always wanted the Cliff Notes version. I always wanted the fast shortcut. I always wanted the hack. I always wanted the give me the ten seconds so I can fix my issue that I've got here. And I've just found, and we found, and that's why we 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 are for this idea of love in the process that there is no often no quick fix and I think it's easy I I, yeah I love that and I think it's very easy to think that within a marriage as well that gosh if I just if I just leave things will be easier or look at that over there that relationship over there and it's like that old quote the grass is always greener on the other side versus but in actuality the grass is greener where you water it right and I so good it's I think you will get invaluable invaluable steps an invaluable relation, an invaluable relationship within with your spouse, if you actually work towards, if you want it, improving it. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's if you if you actually want it. It may feel easier right now in this very moment. If things are difficult, it may feel easier to just stand up and walk away. But you will get, gain greater rewards if you work hard now. So awesome for your relationship. So awesome to be continued for sure, Tyler. Um, hope that you guys have gained anything out of this. Um, uh, we enjoy. Uh, the opportunity to share with you uh, some of our wins and lessons when it comes to marriage, life, and the process of becoming great. <laughs> thanks, friends. Let's Have a great go. week. <laughs> Special thanks to our production crew, Fireland Filmworks, and our photographer, the Morgan Taylor. Thanks so much for listening to the Love the Process podcast. You can find us on iTunes, Instagram, and YouTube. Please subscribe, share, comment, and follow along on our journey of loving the process. Let's go.